In Islam, health is an incredibly important part of life. It's significant cited in many noble sayings of the Prophet ﷺ. A healthy body by the will of Allah gives us the strength to carry out our religious obligations like prayer and fasting. With a noticeable increase in diseases, ailments and physical challenges, what is the best kind of treatment to turn to? Well, it's not difficult to find the answer. Tib and Nabawi, prophetic medicine that entailed the remedies that the Prophet ﷺ told us about. Hijama wet cupping is one of the remedies derived from the Sunnah of the Prophet. ﷺ. Not only did he have Hujama performed on himself, but he also recommended it as a beneficial treatment for various ailments. I'm pleased to be joined by accredited naturopath, hijamist and nutritionist Iman Hazuri, who will be enlightening us about this Islamic, holistic and healing therapy. Thanks for joining us, Iman, on today's episode of Keeping Up With Ramadan. Barakallahu fiki nariya for allowing me to be on your show today. So, Iman, give us a short introduction about yourself and in particular how you came to be a hijama therapist. Is this something that you've always been passionate about? Yes, definitely. So growing up, I've always been into traditional, natural, cultural medicine. And my uncle at the time was practicing as a herbalist and an hijamist. So I decided I really wanted to get into this further and look into Western herbal medicine and Islamic medicine. Unfortunately, I didn't find any such course out there in Australia after doing a lot of research. So I decided I was just going to enroll at UWS, Bachelor of Applied Science, majoring in naturopathy. After studying naturopathy for a couple of years, I absolutely enjoyed it and worked in multiple clinics in this field, but I didn't feel satisfied. I really wanted to learn more about prophetic Islamic medicine. So I reached out to my friend and she was working at a clinic in Punchbowl as a Chinese herbalist and hijamist. And I asked her about Islamic medicine courses in Australia. She said, unfortunately, there isn't any courses out there, but you can enroll in an online course and they teach about hijama, the theory side to it. And she said that she will teach me the practical side to hijama in a clinic setting. So I went for it and studied it and I volunteered working at her clinic and through that I learned everything I needed to know about hijama Mm. and that's how it all started. So your passion grew stronger and stronger uh, through your experience volunteering as a a hijamist. And also applying hijama to myself. Through that experience or work experience you were able to um, do that procedure on yourself as well as clients as well. Yes and that's how I fell in love with her because I saw the results through myself. Yeah, so what kind of ailments were you suffering um, at the time? To be honest, my only issue at the time was like mild back pain mm. and I had a couple of issues such as fatigue and bloating. Mm. So they're very common issues that a lot of women suffer from and we'll get to some of those benefits in a little bit. I wanted to first uh, address the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. We know hijama is recognized as an, an effective and a prophetic cure and treatment. So what is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he praises uh, this form of treatment? Prophet Muhammad said what means one of the best thing with which you can treat sicknesses or illnesses is hijama. 
So talk to us about what hijama is and how it works. Hijama, or you can call it wet cupping in English, is a therapeutic technique practiced over hundreds of years worldwide as part of Islamic medicine. It pretty much involves bloodletting from acute points on a patient's skin to produce a therapeutic outcome. Small incisions, superficial, are made on specific points of the body depending on the person's medical problem to draw out toxic blood. I guess when people typically hear about the process of hijama, they tend to wonder if there's any pain involved. So does it hurt? No. Honestly, I get this question all the time. You will feel a bit ticklish in some areas, whereas some people might find it uncomfortable depending on their pain threshold. Mm. So it really depends on you. Okay, depends on your pain threshold, but it's non-invasive and it's completely safe to do so. Now, after the treatment, you're expected to have some sort of cupping marks. How long do they typically last for? Okay, usually it lasts up to seven days, whereas I have some people with fair skin, it lasts up to two, three days. So it really depends on your skin tone. Mm, okay. As you said, you'd obviously expect those spots or marks to have, you know, a certain color and tone, um, which typically range from bright red to perhaps a darker purple. Um, is it so that darker spots indicate that there is some sort of inflammation and I guess higher levels of toxins in the sections of the body, or it doesn't necessarily mean that it all comes down to the person's skin tone? Yes and no. So darker skin stagnation color with occasional spots can indicate high amounts of toxic accumulation, mm. but not necessarily inflammation. And do those darker spots typically take longer to fade? Mm, not really. Mm. Again, we go back to depending on the person's skin tone. Okay, and their skin type, of course. Yes, so people with fair skin usually heal quicker than mm. people with darker skin tone. Interesting. Now, in terms of the treatment, how long does it take? No more than 30 minutes. And are there any necessary preparations that need to be taken before the actual procedure? So I would advise my clients a couple of things before treatment to refrain from eating two hours prior to treatment. Also, it's recommended they wear comfortable and loose clothing. Another important factor is to have a shower before treatment. Okay. Because it can be a bit difficult to shower after the treatment due to the superficial incisions that were made. Mm. And what if um, someone's pregnant or breastfeeding? Is this um, recommended? There are a few contraindications when it comes to hijama. So in regards to pregnancy, it's definitely contraindicated. Although with breastfeeding, it can be a yes or no answer depending on the person's health status. So if they are iron deficient, I will not recommend hijama for them. Mm, okay. Now let's shift our focus to some of its incredible benefits. We know hijama is an excellent form of preventative and curative therapy. So what are some of the benefits of hijama? Hijama therapy has many, many amazing benefits. The most important reasons why most women come to me and like and enjoy this treatment is to basically strengthen their immunity, promote detoxification, improve fatigue and like re-energize, promote relaxation and insomnia, relieve migraines and headaches, 
decrease inflammation in their body, improve digestion, stimulate the chi, improve menstrual irregularities, and most importantly, fertility. Honestly, in my experience, I can let my listeners know that the effects of hijama varies from person to person, depending on the current health status. There have been many positive outcomes when it comes to fertility, and unfortunately there have been some rare cases hijama couldn't be the only treatment option for them and medical intervention was needed. Yeah, so basically a lot of our problems or ailments you know, come from inflammation within our system and so with cupping um, a lot of those pain conditions can be treated potentially you know hijama is known to not only lead to physical benefits but also psychological and mental health benefits so have you found that hijama helped someone deal with their emotional or mental health struggles Yes, hijama is actually very, very beneficial for people that suffer from any type of mental health issue because there is a sunnah point that is located between the between the shoulders, which is called the kahil, which is linked to the brain and the heart. So when you apply that suction, that cup in that specific area, this is proven to help by 30%, 30 to 40%. MashaAllah. I mean, it's amazing, subhanAllah, how uh, prophetic medicine, Islamic medicine in general is holistic and it works on the level of mind, body and soul. You know, you get this complete benefit from prophetic medicine. I wanted to mention something about the soldiers used to go to war and when they used to come back, they used to come back with trauma and depression. So they used to heal through hijama. Mm, SubhanAllah. Yeah. To help um, with with what they saw and what they witnessed. Mm, PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. PTSD. Yeah. 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 So subhanAllah on all levels, psychological, mental, physical, emotional well-being, all that is included as part of the benefits derived from this uh, sunnah tradition of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now with hijama, we know there are guidelines or recommendations that help one achieve optimal results. What are some of the ideal recommendations such as the best and most beneficial days uh, to have hijama performed, also commonly known as sunnah days? Okay, so the Prophet ﷺ recommended to perform hijama on the 17th, 19th and 21st of the lunar month. It is also recommended to do hijama around springtime and to do hijama on an empty stomach, preferably in the morning. Mm. So during the day, for example, is there a specific time slot between Fajr and Maghrib, for example, or... Honestly, it depends on the person's schedule. So most people do wake up early in the morning and start the day. So it's most preferred to do hijama after Fajr. After Fajr. And you mentioned one example of a sunnah point on your body. Um, what are the other sunnah points of your body, of the body that you typically draw the blood from? The most sunnah points that I usually do for my clients is between the shoulders, like I mentioned, called the kahil. And another one is in the head called the yafuq. So it's like at the top of the head, around here. Yeah. And between the ears. Ah, okay. But do you get to that like with the hair being So most people that I do hijama for this sunnah point have reached worst case scenario oh. and they have a lot of medical conditions they want to address and that's when I recommend that's in the point for them mm. and it needs to be shaved off. Mm. 
And between the shoulders, that's more for like muscle tension? No. Between the shoulders for? is specific for the brain and the heart. Yeah. It's a sunnah point. So how are you expected to feel after the procedure? Should you perhaps refrain from any tedious tasks? Yes, I do usually recommend no extreme physical activity up to 24 hours. You do tend to feel a little bit tired and very relaxed and sleepy mm. after the treatment. So you should have someone drive you home or you're okay to drive? Honestly, it depends on the person. I do get a lot of people where they drive themselves back home if they're living local and I get people that are coming from far away and they need to have someone with them just mm. in case they feel lightheaded right, right. or dizzy. So how often should a person perform hijama? Mm. Hijama therapy for healthy individuals should be performed every six months. That is the sunnah. But in some cases, some people need to have it a couple more times throughout the six months. There's obviously a consultation process that's involved um, as part of this. So of do course. you sit down, consult with them? What are some of the um, health concerns that they want to address? Um, and that way you can prepare the procedure accordingly. Of course, the consultation will allow me to know whether the person needs to have it every six months or if they need to come monthly or if they need to come every three months. Mm. It honestly goes back to the person's health status. So tell us about how it's been for you as a hijama therapist. What have you learned throughout your experience? Hijama therapy has opened up my eyes the last three years to a lot of things that I didn't know. Firstly, I would like to mention that it made me appreciate women to a whole nother level and it makes me appreciate my job every single day because it allows me to help women that are suffering silently coming into this job and learning about hijama because it was something that I never thought I would ever be involved. It allows me to help women on so many different levels, whether it's physical support, emotional support, or even just being there over the phone whenever they need a message away. I'm sure, uh, Iman, what you do serves as a satisfying and spiritually uh, rewarding career, especially because it's something that the Prophet ﷺ praised himself. So I commend you for doing what you do. Don't forget your intention always. You it know. actually makes my heart and soul happy knowing that I am doing something that is sunnah. And every time I have a woman coming through the door, I'm placing my intention. And that for me, at the end of the day, makes my heart content and my day satisfied knowing that I'm doing something that the Prophet has recommended. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, most definitely. You know, I wish you all the best and inshallah you continue to reap the success and the benefits from what you do. And inshallah you are given this more and more strength from Allah Azza wa Jal to continue to change the lives of many people. So we do urge our brothers and sisters to engage in this prophetic treatment. So thank you once again, Iman, for joining us and enlightening us about hijama today. And we hope to catch up with you again on another episode of Keeping Up With Ramadan. Inshallah. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show today. No problem. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. إنسان شفت الوجع عنده كتير
ظهره من حني لا تتركوا يا خي وعيصير وحدو بهالدني إنسان شفت الوجع عنده كتير ظهره من حني لا تتركوا يا خي وعيصير وحدو بهالدني تواضع يا خي بينفعك خصمك ببسمي بيسمعك تواضع يا خي بينفعك خصمك ببسمي بيسمعك تقوى الإله بترفعك نفسك عزيز محصلي لا تفرح بغير الوفا راحت ضميرك والصفا صيع النبي المصطفى يلي بيطيع وبيغتني لا تفرح بغير الوفا راحت ضميرك والصفا ضيع النبي المصطفى يلي بيطيع وبيغتني A huge thank you once again to Iman Hazuri for enlightening us with info about the therapeutic benefits of this prophetic medicine known as hijama, which, as we heard, really helps to detoxify the body and offer numerous health benefits. I mean, for many people, it is truly life-changing for them. And as Iman said, practicing hijama has really helped to open her eyes to the uh, reality of the hardships that many women face and she's honored to be given the opportunity to treat some of their ailments. We know, subhanAllah, this worldly life is certainly filled with hardships. So whatever health issues you're inflicted or burdened with, know that it's an opportunity for the expiation of sins. So always have this at the forefront of your mind. But there's no doubt that taking good care of our health should be a priority for us. By taking care of yourself and maintaining your health, you will be able or better able to worship Allah Azza wa Jal. And the best way to engage in self-care is to follow the teachings, the practices of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who was truthful in everything he conveyed. And truly, if we followed his advice in all that we do, we would be in a better position emotionally, physically, spiritually and mentally. The Prophet advised to make good use of five matters before five matters happen. Make good use of your life before your death, your good health before you get ill, your youth before you get old, your good wealth before you get poor, and your spare time before you get preoccupied. The same person is the one who takes good care of what is included in this hadith. So if he did the good, obeyed Allah wa ta'ala, learned the lawful, halal, and the unlawful, haram, and implemented 
what he had learned by performing the obligations, then he will have a great supply for the next life. That's the life after death. So the one who does what benefits him will not regret it in the hereafter. Also, the one who makes good use of his good health before he gets sick will earn lots of goodness, which he will not be able to do during his illness. Because as we know, sickness or illness prevents the person from doing many things which he used to do when he was in good health. Also, the sane person exploits his youth before he gets old. The young man is not supposed to be inattentive to what he could do for his hereafter before he gets old. In addition, the sane person is supposed to make use of his good wealth before he becomes poor, that is, to do the good deeds while he is rich before he becomes poor. The wealthy who have money can do many things for their hereafter. They can give to the poor and needy. They can build a mosque for the sake of Allah, which, inshallah, will be a charity with a continuing benefit for himself. He can also connect with his kin by treating them with benevolence from what Allah had provided him with. But if he does not do that until he becomes poor, he would then regret it and say, I wish I did so and so for my hereafter. So the Muslim is supposed to do the acts of obedience during his spare time before his spare time is gone and he gets busy, meaning before he becomes preoccupied from what would benefit him in the hereafter. And now is a great opportunity. It's a fursa. It's an opportunity for you during the month of Ramadan to engage in as many good deeds as you can. So those are the five matters that we should make good use of before five other matters. Make use of your life before you die. Make use of your spare time before you become preoccupied. Make use of your health before you become sick. Make use of your wealth before you become poor. Make use of your youth before you become old. And those are the five matters that we should make good use of before five other matters. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give us the strength to carry out our obligations and to Keep away from what Allah forbade us. May Allah guide us and keep us steadfast and make us among those whom are granted His mercy and protection from hellfire. Ameen.
تسهو فرحة الفطر فبالإفطار أفراح وبالأذكار نرتاح وتصعد فيه أرواح من الإفطار للفجر ففيه بهجة المحيا وفي بركاته نحيا فزان الدار والحيا ومنه نفحة الزهري